You're listening to A Late Discovery, a Texas-style story of hidden secrets and jailhouse redemption. Part three, Family Ties. I think there's so many other things we could talk about, but I think some really important pieces. I would love for you to share a little bit about what, what was it like coming into all of us, okay? So whatever you want to share about just the meeting the biological family. I know that was so very much. Um, and maybe some of the the good and the hard of, of what all that's been for you. And then I do as much as you want to share, I would love for you to tell a little bit about some of what's been going on with your dad the last okay. several years. Yeah. Um, so meeting biological family, it, it, a lot. Yes. It, it yeah, is just, so much. Like I said. I think maybe in my first text message, I was like, we're a lot. I think that's right. We're here if you need us and it's going to be a lot. So So, like I said early on, I didn't know a large extended family. I'm an only child married to an only child. So we're, we're a very small group. And I suddenly fell into a life where I had in close proximity a sister on my biological mom's side, a brother on my biological dad's side. Back then it would have been three aunts on my biological mom's side. I think there were still three uncles alive. Now I think we're down. Yeah, yeah there were three then. Yes. We're down to one now, but three uncles. And some of them weren't close, but suddenly my extended family exploded into just people everywhere. <laughs> Where yeah. before there were a handful of people, half of whom we were always estranged from for one reason or another. <laughs> so I, I think the first time I met Tana was, I can't remember the name of the restaurant, but it was a family gathering at a restaurant where I walked in, you know, they're like, it's just actually the, before I met you, Tana, yeah. the first time I met anybody yep. was at my cousin's house for a Christmas get together. And what I was told was, Hey, do you want to come? What I, do you want to come over for Christmas? And I was like, well, I can't come for Christmas because my parents will be here. But yeah, let's let's please get together. That'd be great. So I was envisioning my cousin, me and my sister as the only people I really understood were going to be there and maybe enhanced. (laughs) And when I walked in, it was three aunts. um, My cousin, her kids. My cousin or two of my other cousins, their wives, their children, there, there were people everywhere. And I'm looking around the room going, I've, I've made a horrible decision. <laughs> and that's just like another day in the family gathering. Yes. I do not remember a single family holiday with less than 35 plus, plus, plus people there. Yeah. And yeah. You know, you're, you're, or I say you, I'm the new thing. That everybody oh, wants to come see and talk to. And I'm sitting there just going, what have I done? Which is like the favorite thing in the world for an introvert. Let me make yes, a lot right. of small That's talk awesome. with strangers who are all staring at me that expect something from me, like emotion or feelings or something. Right? One of, oh. one of our aunts who will remain nameless yeah. came up behind me while I was sitting on the couch and I felt the couch bump and I looked over my shoulder, just kind of a little glance. And she was probably six inches from my head, just staring at the back of my head. <laughs> and she stayed there forever. And I'm sitting there just going, 
know what to do. And she's like, are you okay? I'm going, no, I'm not okay. I don't know what to do, but I'm not okay at all. But running out of the room seems rude. So, so that was meeting one, which I thought prepared me for meeting two, which was when I met Tana for the first time, that was at a restaurant. And I'm like a restaurant. Well, there can't be that many people at a restaurant. They had rented a banquet room. And there were how many people were there, Tana? 20 probably. Well, what was also happening, which was like not it was a lot for you because it wasn't even just our shared side of the family. I was in town, so it was our shared side of the family and my dad's side of the family. So you were invited into people who were all grew up together, but were not the same. Like it was so much. I don't know, 40 people probably, Brad. Holy smokes. Probably. Just because I, I was coming through town, you know, like that's how that went down. I gave up counting. I just Your know poor that it children. Was it was so much for everybody. So that 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 in and of itself was really hard for me just because it was so many people and yeah. it was always everybody because nobody wanted to miss out. Right. And then on top of that, I've I've told a lot of people, I think the hardest thing. And it's, it's literally nobody's fault because, and this isn't just because we're on a podcast that family will hear and that I'm talking to family. Everybody was so warm and inviting that they couldn't be more warm and inviting. And from being in some of these spaces where other people have had these experiences, I know that's a blessing because I I met a lady one time. I don't like telling other people's stories and I don't even know her name, but I'm going to tell it. She found her biological mom, reached out to her biological mom by email. And the email she got back was, if I would have known you would ever, ever found me, I would have had an abortion. Don't ever call me again. Oh, or contact me again. So, I mean, obviously reunion can be horrible for people. Yeah, it, It's yeah. a new trauma on top of the surprise trauma. Right. So I was blessed in that. Everybody was so open and welcoming, but even in the welcoming, you always feel like you're the one person that doesn't know the inside joke. I mean, because for you're sure. always operating with a lack of 50 years of history. Yep. Yeah. And yeah. I would, I would suspect in some like, I don't know, attempt to include you, they're trying to fill you in, which could potentially be more isolating. Right. Yeah. It, it like, was in a way. And it also always made me feel bad because I felt like even though everybody's inviting you yeah. feel like an intruder that everybody's having to stop and explain every last thing to because you have no idea what anybody's talking about. You are the explanatory comma in the room. Yes. Right? Yes, for, for every story. Yeah. Everybody had to stop right. and be like, well, hold on. Let us explain this to you. I'm like, oh. You tell you who they know. are and who they are and what that holiday right. was. Oh, Brad. So, Which, which Tom, I would imagine you never felt that way, right? Like you never felt bad having to explain it, right? No. No, but... No, I, I no, I didn't. But I don't think anybody felt bad doing it. It just feels awkward to be the constant pause yeah, of everybody's reason conversation. You have to be exactly, yeah. exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah. And to know that there were mixed emotions. I mean, everybody was welcoming, but it wasn't like it wasn't like that first knowledge to every single person in the family was like drama free. Just let's well, yeah, just and, be and, honest about that. Yeah, was a there, were, there were so many mixed emotions with the yeah. family because yeah. there were people that were livid yeah. that I'd been told, yeah. not because they didn't want me to know the truth, oh. but because it imploded my life to a degree. Hmm. There were people that were, I mean, there, one of our aunts had just passed was hurt 
for the rest of her life over the fact that her sister that she felt close to kept a secret from her for the rest of her life. Yeah. My biological mom's husband. He and I only met this year because it's taken him this long to get ready to see me because his wife never told him that she had a baby that she gave him for adoption. She carried that secret for, I think they were married for almost 30 years. And she, she carried that to her grave and never spoke a word of it. She never told my sister. Yeah. Well, and Brandon, second, I would like to talk about dad. If sure. you can, and mm-hmm. you hear that before we go there, I'd love to know, you know, at, at what, what age were your kids when, when this happened? When you had this They sister? would have been 21, 14 or 15, and I think 11 or 12. If I'm doing the math right. How, how are they with all of this? That's a good question. They have been really good. It's, it's a shock. It was, well, and I say really good. It's a shock initially to find out, you know, and I'm telling them the same things I hate hearing that technically, biologically, grandparents aren't your grandparents, but they're still your grandparents and everything's okay. Nothing's changing for you. Right. And we, we tried to drill that in their head. Like the day after my parents and I met, we had them come over and take the grandkids because I wanted them to know that everything was okay. Yeah. There was no drastic change. Yeah. Just, we had some new people that added to the family really fast. Yeah. So they've, they've handled it like champs. I think there's days, there were days early on where there was a lot of confusion. Two of my kids, really all three of my kids, one much more mildly than the other two are on the autism spectrum. So it's change is hard enough for them. Sure. And trying to wrap their head around the whole story of it all. But the flip side of that was, that was one of the arguments I had. I'd forgotten about that too. asked. That was the only argument I had with my parents the day I told them about, or we sat down to talk about my adoption was, that's what are you going to tell the kids? I was like, I'm telling them everything. Yeah. We don't want you to do that. I was like, I didn't ask what you wanted me to do. You asked that's me what right. I was going to do and that's what I'm going to do. And they said, well, yeah. we, we just don't think that's good. And I was like, well, I'm going to start with the very simple idea that your secret is not mine to carry. You shouldn't have carried it ever. And I'm not carrying it. Yeah. But then number two, I have two kids on the spectrum. One of them, I don't understand how she developed spidey hearing. But if I whisper anything to my wife, six rooms over, yes. she can tell me what I said. Yeah. So I knew that yeah. no matter where I went, if I started talking about adoption, they're going to know. They were either going to believe that I, that they were adopted or that yeah. we were about to adopt a kid and we weren't telling them yet. Yeah. Yeah. So I couldn't not tell them. Yeah. But like Tana said earlier, everybody got kind of an age appropriate version of the story. My 21 year old got the whole story. Yeah. With the caveat because she's on the spectrum of, and when you hear, hear me tell your brother and sister the story and you hear me leave things out, don't correct me. I didn't forget. <laughs> I'm editing the story. Right. Oh, okay. So, so don't, don't think dad forgot. Yeah. It's going to be, it's going to be a much shorter, succinct story for your brother and sister. Okay. So then I told them a much shorter story about dad. Dad has some new family. Yeah. And they've, at this point now, they're very open to it. Two of them are very introverted. Like well, really one, my son is the most introverted like me. And when we get together with the whole family, he's always like, Oh, and I'm like, I know, buddy, it's a lot. We'll, we'll just yeah. go. And sometimes we leave early because it's, it's just a lot to take in. It's yeah. it, it can oh, be yeah. overstimulating at times as I'm sure Tana has experienced. <laughs> Man. Um, and you said one of those, the restaurant gathering, they were with you. Your kids are with you yes. for that. 
I mean, I'm, I'm thinking we've got four kids and, and some who are more sensitive to, to like loud noises and, and like, you know, uh, social explosions than others. And so I can, I can imagine with all the layers, how uh, fun that was to walk in um, to that Kali and having a parent Brad, while you are like in your heart and insides, I'm sure just like on a roller coaster is commendable. So I know we keep dangling the dad carrot out, but I want to ask one more quick question. And I do because your dad's story is a whole other fascinating tale. And I can't wait to share that. I do want to talk for just a second and ask you, you hinted a little bit ago when you were recounting our aunts and uncles. So there's been in the last like three years, there's been a lot of loss in our family. We've lost some of our aunts and uncles And so you came into a family with aging aunts and uncles, right? And Mm -hmm. and new siblings. So I'd love for you to share how has that been for you? I mean, you've come in, you've gotten to know, and we've lost. And one very recently, we just lost our aunt. Um, ah. (laughs) I think that's probably the most horrible side of a late discovery. Yeah. As you roll into something so late and especially when it, when the reunion goes well and yeah. you just fall head over heels for some people. Yeah. I mean, and I'll, I'll start from beginning to end. The first person I met in this whole discovery face to face was my sister. Yeah. Hit it off immediately fell in love, fell in love with her. That would have been probably late April, early May wow. by November of that year. She's diagnosed with stage four cancer. So I'm suddenly going I have this new sister. I've never had a sister before. I'm in love with her and she has cancer and not long and she's still with us, but we're constantly playing the how long game. Then uh, let's see. I never met two of my uncles. One came through Dallas at a time when I couldn't see him just because I was tied up and went back home and died shortly thereafter. Our other uncle died really shortly after I even found out before I was really even meeting many people. And then my, our aunt that we just lost, I became so close to so fast. And that's been a really brutal one to try to work through because that's been, I I think I've told Tana this, but that was my biggest fear when this came was I'm going to get to know these people. I've just dealt with losing the only dad that I ever knew for 48 years. And now I'm losing more people, which isn't something I was into to begin with because it's hard to deal with. And it just, I think it makes the time that you're together more precious. And at the same time, there's always a weight of stress because there, there's never enough time. You can't make it. It throws it like into high relief, right? Doesn't it? Like everything's in high relief because the time is. And you're always always panicked. It's, It's always a panicked feeling of, you know, what's next. Do I get to see them again? You know, when, when our aunt went into the hospitals, she'd been in the hospital three or four other times and she'd bounce right back out in a week. I didn't run down to the hospital and she went to the hospital because I'm like, well, she'll be out in a week. Then we'll be able to hang out. She'll come to the house. I think three weeks before she was in the hospital, she was at my house hanging out for the whole day. Yeah. And then fast forward, she's in the hospital for a week and she's gone. Yeah. So there's just always this constant pressure of, have I seen everybody as much as I want to, which is never the, the answer. That's never. You, right. And right. I think even in, you know, families that this doesn't happen when you lose your loved one, you suddenly realize, I wish I would have had more time. 
It's just, and it's still one of the really bitter parts with my parents that adopted me is I had 48 years stolen from me. They didn't know who they, what they had stolen from me, but they gave me no shot at finding it. And that's, that's been, that was a really hard part that my mom can't cope with at all. We don't talk about it. And my dad really passed before we ever got to sit down and talk about the pain that there is from something like that. Well, thank you for sharing that. I mean, I've been in a bit of contact and I just have been thinking about that for you, just that high relief feeling of just not enough time, not enough time. Yeah. Yeah. And from, our side, it doesn't feel like enough time either. You know, it just, there's, there's a loss of not having had you all of these years, you know, there's the tears. I knew they would come at some point, you know, just not, not enough time. And I feel that very, very explicitly with the loss of our most recent aunt. Right. Um, Cause I know there was just something really tender there between the two of you. So that, that, that was, yeah. That was the most bitter thing so far. I, I really yeah. felt it with my sister because yeah. there was one point that I didn't think we had her for very long yeah. right after we found out. It wasn't out. looking like it. And I mean, I, I told my wife, I was like, I, I don't oh. know. I'm just giving you a heads up. I don't know what to expect if she goes yeah. soon because I don't know how I'm coping with this as it is. Yeah. It has been um, an honor to see, like, just to bear witness to you guys falling in that sweet love with each other. Like, it's just been so sweet, Brad, to see. I mean, she needed you, too. Like, I think that's the part that is just tricky here. Like, typically in these spaces, I'm sitting on the adoptive parent side. I'm the birth family in your story. Like, I'm the other side of the coin in this conversation. And you are missing from us. Like, that's just true. Like mm-hmm. adoption is hard and nuanced and complex. That's the reality of that, you know? Well, you know, and I think before we dive off into dad, the yeah. other one to talk about is my mom. So yeah. once I really got to know my sister and we, 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 we've spent a lot of days where I'm just like, Hey, can I just come over and hang out? And we just talk. Mm-hmm. And one of those days she said, you know, everything now that I know, finally yeah. makes sense. Mm-hmm. So my sister initially thought that she had a rare blood disease that made her infertile before she found out she had cancer. And I mean, she's, she's lived thinking that for, you may know better than me, Tana, probably at least 20 years. Yeah. Yeah. And our mom always told her, this is my fault. This is a curse on you for something I did that I can't talk to you about. Hey, Brad, do you know what? My dad said that to me. Let's stop right here and say something. My dad and your mom loved each other like the sweetest most precious relationship when I started dealing with infertility my dad apologized to me and said he thought my infertility was because of his past a curse if you will and if sweet if our aunt said that to her daughter like our parents were holding this idea that the sins of their decisions were passed on to my cousin Kimmy and I, who both had infertility. Mm-hmm. Isn't that so? I did not know that she had said that to Kimberly until just now. So, I mean, that's that's brutal in and of itself to just carry that kind of weight. And uh, then on top of that, um, 
the man that my bio mom eventually married yeah. was a military guy. So July 4th was a big holiday for them for 30 years of marriage. I was born around July 4th. And my sister told me, said this suddenly all is settling in because mm. every year we would go camping on July for July 4th. And our mom would always make an excuse to never go and oh. always have a stay gone through like the 10th. Wow. She was grieving. And that was her private time to deal with it year after year. I'm trying to think of the right way to, well, I think the best way to explain it is, and I, I honestly, especially from being in some of the adoptee social media spaces now, which we should probably talk about at some point, the one person that does not seem to get much aftercare after this is that first mom. I mean, she had a baby. Yeah, she, she, she gave me up for reasons that I can, that I'm glad I learned as an adult because I completely understand them and the family dynamic that came with it. Yep. But there was no counseling or help. It's basically like, well, you gave a baby. You should be fine with it. You made a choice. And she was sent home. And instead of being fine with it, she carried that till the day she died. Wow. And poured. I always felt her to be the aunt that loved children. Mm -hmm. Like ran like an in-home daycare and was like the favorite playful aunt. I wouldn't spend a summer with them one year, like just to go be with her. And I have in retrospect wondered if all that love and adoration and care that she put onto children was part of her trying to process the loss of you. I, I and talking to my, talking to my sister, I think that was it is it yeah. was, it wasn't so much an atoning for a sin or guilt. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It was just trying to cope with, I don't have a baby that I had and yeah. there were no resources given to her. She, she left, she left the hospital in July and by September was back in California with a group of people that never knew she was pregnant, except her sister, Tana's mom. And they didn't talk about it. And see that they were never going to speak of it. I actually through my sister found her closest friend in California talked to her, her, her close, close friend that was actually, I think the person that either introduced her to her eventual husband or they were all close after they got married, never knew that I existed. She, she carried that personally with just her and Tana's mom, her entire life. She never got to talk to anybody about it. And husband didn't know either. Mm -mm. No, no, no. He never mm -hmm. knew until my sister told him. Which was my, hey, Tana, I need to tell you something in case your dad and I die. And there's a cousin that comes looking. That's true. I'm like, what? Bleepity bleep. Why are you telling me this? Like, why do I have to hold this with y'all? This is not mine to hold. I kind of lost my mind. I was not happy about being told that, that way. I do think some other people started finding out. In the family, I think mom started talking to some people, but I think it slipped oh. over the years because I've heard stories of, well, I knew, but I didn't know everything. Yep. yep that's right. That's right. Well, oh, I mean, you've said it already. Secrets are horrible. Yeah. Uh, yeah. From some of the work that I've done, I've had to carry my sets of secrets. That's exhausting. It, it's yeah. it's yep. exhausting to always know things that you can't ever speak of. Yeah. Yeah. 
Well, in every setting, it it's like you know whatever illustration you want to use. It's it, it it's corrosive. Secrets yes. are corrosive, and so there is no holding on to them. There's keeping them inside and allowing it to destroy you from the inside out, or it's it's you know being forthright, having damage that can be mitigated because everyone's in the loop, right. and then moving forward without that corrosive thing holding on inside. Um, but especially when you're in like Tana's position where the secret is thrust upon you and it's not really yours. And then, so, I mean, it, then you carry the double burden of, are you yeah. the one that's going to let the cat out of the bag that somebody else doesn't want spoken? Shoot. And all of this happening after my aunt had passed. So there was mm. also this interesting dynamic of how do you honor her and what's the motivation for sharing? I mean, all of that stuff. And if y'all are close, Tana, you can't go and talk with her about it and make sense of it. Right. But even all of the, like, everybody else that knows what's motivating them, like, right? And there's, like, no such thing as pure motives. Like, motives are always mixed bags of things. Like, that's just the truth of that. So, you know, maybe this would be a good time to transition to that mixed bag of motivations called Brad's father. You've been listening to A Late Discovery, a Texas-sized story of hidden secrets and jailhouse redemption from Empowered to Connect. For more on the podcast, to learn more about Brad, or to join our online community through Mighty Networks, please check out the link in the show notes below. Head to empoweredtoconnect.org or check the link in any of our social media bios at Empowered to Connect.